Hi, this is Emmy Enchanted, and you're listening to the podcast of Fantastic Books and Where to Find Them. I'm a 10-year-old who loves to read, and I hope that this podcast helps you to find books that are a good fit for you. If you ever want to request a review of a certain book, you can contact me on my website, www.fantasticbooksandwheretofindthem.org. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back. It's the weekend, and I'm glad to have a break from school. At school, my class has jobs. Some include librarian, germ exterminators, and maintenance crew. Germ exterminators are two people who wipe everything down in the classroom. Our teacher really doesn't want us getting sick. On the maintenance crew, you sweep up the entire room, pick up all the pencils, and make sure everything is off the floor. It's a lot of work to do because our homeroom teacher teaches history, and a lot of projects are done in that class. You'll learn about someone else who likes to get things clean in the book, Cat Green Comes Clean by Melissa Roska. And be sure to stick around until the end because I had the chance to interview this author about her book. Ready to get started? Here we go. Do you know how moms can sometimes be a little funny about keeping things clean? No offense, moms. Well, Cat Green's mom goes way over the limit. She has OCD. OCD is a sickness where you keep on checking things twice and you wash your hands a lot. It all starts out when Cat's mom is scrubbing the floor with an electric toothbrush. You can sort of see how Cat's mom goes over the limit by scrubbing the floor with a toothbrush just because she saw it on TV. And as I bet you can tell, Cat is embarrassed about it. Her parents are divorced. She has a little brother. He is her dad and stepmom's son. Cat has to babysit for him often. His name is Henry Green. And Cat's mom's OCD is getting worse. When her hands turn red and raw, she gets on a show called Clean Sleep and faints. The doctor rushes up to Cat's mom. The doctor says that she's going to be all right. She's just fainted. When they get home, Cat's mom doesn't want to do anything. She goes straight to sleep. The next morning, she's tired and grumpy. She won't even eat her favorite food, French toast, and just wait till you meet Olympia. She is a big part of this story. She helps Cat a lot. Will Cat's mom get better, or will she get very, very sick? Maybe even die. Will Cat and Hallie get back together, or will Cat's life just be a disaster? As I always say, read the book to find out. I recommend this book to readers who read to the very end. I like this book. From my review, you might think I might not like this book. It might sound a little scary, but trust me, it's not as scary as you think. There are a lot of little details that I didn't include because then I give away the whole book that make it a tad less scary. Here's a few helpful things I like to say about the books I read. Run and get mom. It's how I describe the scariness factor. There were a few scary parts at the very end. For example, Cat's mom fainted. Yucky lovey stuff. It's how I describe the romance factor. There was a little yucky lovey stuff in this book, and it was absolutely disgusting. And let me just say, they're only in fourth grade. So, what's my rating for this book? 
I give this book four and a half wands. I had to take off a half a wand because of the kissy stuff, but other than that, it was perfect. I like this book because it was just plain old normal. I could have seen Cat's point of view in my life. P.S. What I meant by I could have seen Cat's point of view in my life did not mean that my mom has OCD. I got to interview the author of Cat Green Comes Clean. It was a really amazing interview, and I'm so happy I had the opportunity to talk to her. Thanks for sticking around to listen. Hi. Hi. I'm so excited. How are you? Thanks for asking. I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm. A, it's funny, even though I'm used to talking all the time. For, I'm nervous because this is so exciting and it's my very first podcast and I think it's amazing what you're doing. Can I, no, I don't know, should I call you Emmy or do I call you Mary? Emmy? Either one. Either okay. one will work. Okay. Well, good. Very good. Okay. Are you ready to get started? I am ready when you're ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Where did you get the idea for this book? Well, you know, it's funny. I I thought about this question a lot because the the real thing that happened, I had a fortune cookie because I really love Chinese food. So the fortune cookie, and I actually wrote it down, it said, a winsome smile is your surest protection. And it's funny, when I first saw it, I didn't really know what that meant. And it just sort of stuck in my brain. And I thought, hmm, you know, a winsome smile. It's your surest protection. And then I just started writing. And then this girl's voice just popped out at me. And I started writing more and more. And it just kind of, it was cat green. And she was just talking about her life and about her brother. And it just, it sounds weird, I know, but it just came from a fortune cookie. Whoa. <laughs> Is that weird? It's crazy. I know. Yeah. I know. I mean, it's not as if she was speaking to me as if she were a ghost or anything, right? But it's more that it was a feeling of seeing this fortune and having this feeling come to me of a character, and there you go. So that's where I got the idea from. Whoa. <laughs> we have two restaurants here that give fortune cookies, and one restaurant doesn't give very good ones. They give, like, smile, you're going to have a good day. Right, like exactly. That. That's and funny. And then one gives one that's, like, soon um, get ready because an adventure is coming your way this year that's and a good like, fortune yeah and that's a real fortune a real fortune I think says something that's going to predict the future or something exciting but just telling you to smile that's not very satisfying is it no 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 good fortunes are important well, yeah. do you like Chinese food, Emmy? I do. So do I. It's my favorite. 
So nice hair. <laughs> Good. We'll have to have Chinese food sometime. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Number two. I noticed how Cat's situation is a lot like Harriet's and Harriet the Spy. How much inspiration did you draw from that book? Well, that's a really good question. Um, the truth is, and you might know this already, but Harriet the Spy is my favorite book in the whole world. And I've read it maybe, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of times. I read it actually every single year, and I've read it ever since I was your age. So I'd say I've read it a lot of times. And I think basically it speaks to me in a way that no other book can speak to me. And I I have a personal connection to this book. So in terms of how Harriet and Kat, their situations are similar, I wouldn't say the characters are similar exactly. Some of the things are the same, that they're only children and they have the same color hair and, and they like to write. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny. It's Harriet is snarkier. Then Cat Green is, and she's a little sassier. She writes things about people, and... Exactly, exactly. She writes in her notebook, and not everything she says is very nice. It's very honest. But I think there's something about that that Cat really relates to, because I think she wants to be honest, but she's not able to be honest. It's not part of her family um, situation. And she never felt able to be honest. So I think there's something about Harriet's honesty that appeals to Kat. That it, yeah. it makes, you know what I'm saying? That it mm-hmm. makes her just feel free to know that there's someone out there who's able to speak her mind in a way that she can't. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, here's just an add-on question that I didn't yeah. tell you about before. <laughs> um. It's going to be simple, just an opinion. What's your favorite character in Harriet the Spy? Oh, that's so tough. I mean, here's the thing is that I love all of them so much, but I I cannot not say Harriet. I love Harriet. I love how she's snarky, even though it's not always nice. She's very honest, and she sees life the way she wants to see it, and she's not afraid. And she, she has guts and she's bold. So those are things I wasn't like that as a child. I was very shy and I was nervous and I, I think now I wish I could be more like Harriet. So I have to say Harriet the spy. Is that fair? It is. <laughs> okay. My favorite's old golly. You know, it's funny. I was going to say Old Golly is my runner-up because I love her. So you read Harriet the Spy, and what is it about Old Golly that you like? Um, I like how she has, like, a firm grip on things. Like, Ooh, I she can love be that. soft, but she can also be very firm and she needs to be. Exactly. That's, you know what, I think we have to sit down sometime and talk about Harriet the Spy, because that's exactly what I would have said. Absolutely. And remember in the book, it's, um, I think her face is described as carved out of oak. Mm -hmm. 
And, and yes. her face is harsh, but she's soft inside. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. All the good qualities of a nanny. A hundred percent. Okay. What do you feel is the main message of Cat Green Comes Clean? Well, you know what? I thought about this one a lot, and I think the main message is really communication is everything. That it's important to be able to share how you feel and to be open and to be honest. You know that I think Cat Green wasn't able to be open with her mom and really say, you know, what you're doing, mom, is really disturbing to me. It hurts me. And she couldn't talk to her dad and be honest with him. And later with Hallie, she couldn't even be honest with Hallie about, you know, Michael McGraw till much much later. So I think that's the main thing, that if you bottle things up and you don't share it's never a good idea. Mm-hmm. Just like Olympia said, problems aren't going to solve themselves. Exactly. Oh, thank you for quoting that and remembering that. I remember 100%. I agree with you. Problems, thats you've got to just face them. They won't go away. You can ignore a problem, but it will always come back. So yeah. I think that's the main message, just to communicate and to learn that you can trust yourself and others to be open and honest. It's always the the right way. Yes. Yeah, so does, does that answer your question, Emmy? It does. Oh, good. I'm glad. Number four, what inspired you to become an author? Well, this one was easy because you know what? I wanted to write a, a book from... Really, I can only remember that I always wanted to be a writer ever since I was little. I would fantasize about it. I would think about it. I'd dream about it. In my mind, I always knew I was going to be a writer. I always knew this. So I think what inspired me is just always been there. It's like breathing or eating or sleeping. It's just a natural thing. So then, when I was older, I um, obviously I love to read, as you do, um, but later I went to um, college and I studied English, that was my major, and then life got sort of in the way of writing books, and I got jobs as a magazine editor, and I wrote articles, and I, I was always working with words, but not creative writing so to speak. So I think it was only later, after um, my daughter Chloe was born, and I started thinking about what I really wanted to do and what I was missing. And I, I just started writing. I um, I knew I couldn't not do it. It just became something I ignored for too long. And it's almost yeah. like what we were talking about before. If you don't talk about something and you communicate, don't communicate and there's a problem, it won't go away. So my wish to be a writer, it didn't go away. So I followed the dream. And I, I tried really hard. Yeah. Okay. Number five. If a kid was discouraged about reading, 
what would you tell them to make them want to read? Well, I think this one is, is actually very simple, and it's simpler than you think, because I always think, read what you love. If you love something, read it. And it's not, no one should tell you what you should read, what you can't read, what's not right to read. Just read what you love. And then, this is the other important thing, read it over and over again. Um you know, many people think, oh, you shouldn't reread books because there's so many books in the world. Why reread them? But I kind of believe if a book is something you love so deeply, you want to, it's like a friend, and you, you want to be with that friend, and you want to revisit that friend and spend time with that friend. So if if a child doesn't really, let's say is a reluctant reader, they just need to find that book that's their friend. So I, I really think you, you need to just focus on what you love. Pick up a book. If you don't love it, no one said you have to read it. You know, try everything naturally. But people really gravitate to what they love. I mean, I know from um, reading your website, I know you love fantasy. So that's yeah. great. Everyone has something they love, and but yet you read my book, which is not fantasy. So you had an open mind, but that's because you love to read, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So read what you love. Number six. What is something you like to do? Like, what's your hobby besides reading and writing? Yeah, I knew you were going to say besides reading, because that's my hobby. I read all the time, as I know you do. Um, I, I like to spend time with my family. Obviously, my um, I love spending time with my daughter, because she's really fun, and she's just lovely, and I love spending time with her. She's not around now, because she's at college in Chicago, which is far from New York, so I have to take an airplane to see her. But um, I love to also go to the museums in New York. I love to go to the Met and just look at paintings and sit in front of paintings and think about them. And I, I'm a big runner, so I like to go running in the park. Mm-hmm. And oh, you My know what's kind of, a big runner. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's fun. It's, it kind of makes your problems go away sometimes. You can just concentrate on running. But it's kind of funny. We live in New York City, but we have um outdoor space. I have a terrace, and we have a hammock that we put up on the terrace. So sometimes, even though I live in New York, I like to lie in the hammock and just pretend that I'm in the country and there's no noise and it's just really mm-hmm. quiet. Oh, and I love yeah. eating ice cream. That's important. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. What's your favorite flavor? Um, I like mint chocolate chip. Yum, yeah, I do too. I love peanut butter though. That's my mm. favorite. But yeah, so does that count as a hobby though? Eating ice it cream? It does. It does. <laughs> I think so too. Absolutely it does. Mm-hmm. I think your questions were excellent and I thank you so much for um having me on your podcast. That's so nice. No problem. Thank you for talking with me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Have a good night. Have a good night. Okay. Bye. 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 
Man, wasn't that great? I feel like we have a lot in common with each other. And her advice? That was amazing. Read what you love. Almost every author I've talked to has told me that, so it must be true. And I think that you will love this book. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you're listening in iTunes, please give me a rating and be sure to subscribe. And always remember, reading is magical. Music